Welcome to the Dermatology Interest Group Association podcast, or DIGA podcast, where we talk about everything from how to become a stellar dermatology applicant to interesting topics in dermatology. From research advice to interviewing tips, you will be prepared to follow the path to become a world-class dermatologist. Hello, everyone. My name is Morgan Terrell. I'm one of your newest DIGA podcast hosts. I'm a second year at the New York Institute of Technology College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University, which never ceases to be a mouthful to say. And today I'm joined by Dr. John Minnie, a dermatologist working in private practice in the beautiful South Florida. We discuss his path to dermatology as well as life in private practice. With that being said, we'll see you on the skin side. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, we're joined by Dr. John Minnie, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. Hi, John Minnie. I'm a dermatologist in uh, South Florida. Um, started practice in 2008 at uh, Water's Edge Dermatology. Awesome. So my first question for you is, why did you choose dermatology, and when did you kind of realize that this was the path for you? It's, uh, I think I was like a third year med student and uh i was supposed to be doing a different rotation and the guy the 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 attending or whatever was on vacation so they said hey why don't you go we know this guy you know uh is a derm uh, in town why don't you go spend a week with them and see if you like it and that kind of stuff so and uh i did and uh we had a good time and and, and uh and so then i would go back and you know do extra stuff with them, and I saw that he had a very, it wasn't even a very, you know, large practice, it was just a little skin cancer type practice, but uh, uh, we had a good time, and uh, that's how it all got started. So you just found that you enjoyed it the most out of? Yeah, yeah, and I just liked the fact that you had, uh, you got to see all the way from kids to great-grandmom, and there's a little bit of variety all day, which is, which is really nice, because it gets to be mundane doing the same things over and over again. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of medicine involved more than what people think. And, and, uh, a lot of, you know, you have to have some sort of people skills to do it. Right. Because everybody can see their disease. So it's a, it's a, it's a different dynamic than when, if you're treating, you know, other, other types of disease states and, and other specialties too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like because people can see their disease, they're more prone to want to participate in fixing it. Um, that's a part of it. That's really. And also, yeah. And also deter you from treating them correctly too. Yeah. So it goes both ways with that too. Interesting. Yeah. So if you hadn't have gone down the path of dermatology, what else might you have done? I had, uh, the other, the other rotation that I enjoyed a lot was, um, cardiology especially interventional i had a and uh and i enjoyed um um icu and radiation oncology those were my my big ones oh very interesting yeah it's quite a smattering but uh yeah i think it's you know a lot of it just you know always starts with when you have a good experience as a as a student and i had a lot of good experiences over when i did uh rotations in uh fort myers and uh so it uh, it made it it made it harder actually because like every every rotation was 
was good, but there's just other ones that you're just like, yeah, I kind of get this or that kind of makes sense to me or that, that kind of stuff. Right. And people say that dermatology can kind of be an amalgamation of multiple specialties. So do you think that that's kind of something that's attractive to you about dermatology is that there's so much interplay yeah, definitely. different specialties? Yeah. Yeah. You have everything from primary, you know, cutaneous problems to secondary cutaneous problems to signs of internal disease to having to deal with, you know, things like immunology and, and, uh, and all those sort of things. So I'll kind of, and then you still have a surgical basis. You have small little surgeries. Granted, they're not, you know, major things, but you also have a surgical side. And if you want to do cosmetic, you available as well. Yeah, that's that's something that's very exciting to me is the opportunity for procedures, um, as well as the opportunity to not uh, do many procedures. Yeah. So I understand that your training was a little bit different because it was before the MD and DO residencies merged. Um, can you kind of explain yes. what your experience was? Because I'm very interested in in that. Yeah, it was. It was everything was was very uh, you know, just DO based. I mean, you could do you know MD things if you wanted to, but most of us did unless they were really looking at a certain subspecialty that maybe there wasn't many you know, at the time, like there was only like one radiation oncology residency and that was run by a DO in the whole country. So you had to go, you know, go out that way, but it was a lot more uh, laid back or whatever you want to call it. I think, I think my application for internship was on like a green piece of paper. You know, it wasn't like some formal process with emails and all this other and electronic this and all that kind of stuff. It was just, you, you, you send an application, you, did a phone interview sometimes or we did an in-person one and uh um and then they just kind of you know went from there and uh we still did the, the md match you know as well for some things but some of the things that were not they were not even part of the mix it was just you know like hey i liked orthopedic surgery you know one of my buddies got that and he just did great at it was that up in new jersey i think it was or something like that and they just kind of gave him the spot and, and he just went right there without having to do all these other kind of things. So a little bit different. Yes. Those must have been the days. <laughs> Absolutely. It always is, right? Yeah. It's always back, back in the old days, you know, everything was easier and more difficult too. You had to walk uphill both ways to the hospital and, you know, that kind of stuff too and <laughs> stayed later and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of subspecializing, did you ever consider doing anything like Mohs or Dermpath, or or were you pretty set on general dermatology from the start? I uh, actually looked into the both. I um, I went and did some extra rotations in Dermpath, and I actually did uh, read slides in the beginning because you're so you're so slow when you start. It was was pretty easy to do, but once I got busier, I think that took about a year, a year and a half. I just started doing less and less. Um, reading my own slides. And then Mo's, I went and got society certified. Uh, but I never ended up, I had every intention of doing it. Um, and it just never, it never worked out. I got um, very busy doing general derm. And then I there always had a, we always had Mo's surgery in the in practice. So there wasn't as big of a need. 
And um, so I just kind of just did that. And, you know, people don't realize that sometimes you think you're going to make your practice, but sometimes or a lot of times it's actually not. You, the practice kind of makes you. So the type of patient you get, the type of things you do may not always be what you set out. And uh, my uh, my buddy and I did when we left the same residency, he didn't want to have anything to do with Mo's. And he ended up becoming a full-time Mo's guy in our practice. And I thought I was going to be doing Mo's and I did almost zero, you know, so you just never know. It's all about where you want to be and location and, and your schedule and, and all that kind of stuff too. And you have to be happy doing it. Right. You know, just because you, you plan to do something doesn't mean that that's certainly going to be the thing that you do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's okay. Right. Right. You, sometimes you don't even know what you're going to be happy doing. Exactly. That's why uh, you have to be open to, to, everything and and anything yeah yeah exactly and going back to your third year experience you didn't you probably didn't even have derm on your radar really and I didn't I didn't even really know what dermatologists did I never saw one as a as being a patient or anything like that and uh, I'd have I had no idea I just I, I really didn't know much we had at, at no lectures and mainly just anatomy and uh and simple things like that. So I really just had no um, pre preconceived notions of what the world's going to happen in the office. Right. That's so. That's very very cool. I didn't. I didn't know that about you. No. So speaking of how your practice kind of evolved, what led you to private practice, and did you ever consider a career in academia? Uh, no, I never considered it a career in academia. I, I never, I going through rotations and stuff in academia, I never found it to be um, good. I it just never was meant for me. I'm, I'm just, I like to work. I like to do well. And you don't get to do that all the time in, in academia. And I just, it's not being like making sure the board, the chair of medicine is watching you and all this. Other. It's just like, well, I don't, I don't like politics very much. And all that kind of stuff so no I never even really considered doing that at all it's just not, not my uh, makeup I don't, I don't I don't see the huge benefit of of academia I do like the model better of you know private practice people you know helping the train you know it's students and residents I think it works better I think it's uh I think it's more efficient and I think that you end up doing less stupid things and you end up doing things that actually make you a doctor and not just somebody who can do paperwork or read labs off out loud that anybody else can read or you know what have you right yeah there's there's a place for everyone and private practice is a place for you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. very cool i'm and i'm glad you know we we need people in academia, but we also need, you know, more boots on the ground people. Um, yep, that's yeah. right. So I know that you recently started a family and congratulations on that. Yep. Um, Thank you. How has balancing being a practicing dermatologist and a father been for you? Uh, I mean, it's with, with dermatology, it's kind of easy. Um, you could, you can make your own 
schedule ish, you know, depending on what, what practice you end up choosing. That's why you have to choose wisely when you do those things. But yeah, I have a lot of flexibility. There really wasn't um, um, a big deal. I'm going to tell you a lot of my counterparts too. It's been very, um, not that hard for them to work around families and all that kind of stuff. It's just a matter of what you want to, what's important to you and what you want to make of it. So I don't, I don't, I'm not a, as a big a believer in that. Oh, you choose a certain specialty. You won't be able to have that balance. I don't, I don't think that's correct. I think anybody who's doing anything can achieve it. It's just a matter of, do you really want that? Or do you really like just being a workaholic or do you really want to you know, not do a lot of that at all and to be on the opposite side? So there's, there's something for everyone uh, in any specialty. I love that. I love to hear that. <laughs> um, cause yeah, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm early on in my training and I'm certainly leaning towards dermatology, but I'm glad to know it's not the only specialty that might offer opportunity to have a healthy family. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just about, just about all of them can do that. <laughs> Very cool. So spinning off that like my personal goals for my life are is to serve others as a physician and to raise a family um and you know the the difference between us is that i'm a woman so i'll i'll have the the mothering role um so you know the the path to the same destination is going to come with a different set of challenges for for me uh, you know along with everyone else in the world but do you have any like observations of your female colleagues who began families at any point during their training or thereafter? Like, do you have any comments or advice for women in Yeah, I mean, I think families. Yeah, I think it's um, it is a little bit challenging. It's it's and it it could get challenging during residency. So it just depends on which residency is. I mean, I've I've heard of you know horror stories where they make longer because they didn't do every rotation because they were on maternity leave and then i've had some that did that group did great there was like it worked out great for them and uh so that's something you have to look into um ahead of time because you start getting into your what your mid late 20s or early 30s at that time so you know time obviously is a little bit of of essence you know when it comes to starting families and uh but i think after after work i mean now we have Let's see, we have two, three, three or four uh, friends of ours that are all starting families and, and uh, it's all, it's all doable. I mean, our practice has been great and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and then I have a, we have one that's OBGYN. She's having, you know, it was great time. And then we have a cardiologist right now who she's, I think she's eight months along or, you know, somewhere on there and they're mapping out and changing her schedule. And so she can, you know. I mean, I, it's not to sound gross, but they put little blocks in, in my wife's schedule for breastfeeding and like all those kind of things. And so all that stuff is uh, definitely available um, and it could be it could be doable and uh, um, and you should not be discouraged. Uh, we want we want good, happy, smart ladies breeding and all that stuff. So, you know, and let work get in the way of that. Right. I, I'm so glad that you said that. Yeah. Thank you for for that input. Um, I'm that's yep. certainly reassuring for me, and I'm sure that will be reassuring for a lot of the people who listen to this podcast. Taking family out of it, do you have any general advice for aspiring mm -hmm. dermatologists? 
Um, I think it's just a uh, like you can't stop reading. Like you know, I hate to sound archaic or whatever, but you never you never know at all. And the more that you know, the more that you realize you don't know, and you realize how much more people don't know. And it includes people that you thought knew stuff. So you really have to be independent when it comes to your um, learning. It needs to be, there's no like, you can't, and all of it is important because you never know, um, especially when it's going to be your, your your life. It's not, you don't get to turn it off. You don't get to, when you leave the office, it's not done. You still have to do dermatology and it's always in your mind. So the more that you know, the better that you're going to be. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I haven't, I haven't heard that explicitly stated yet. So that, mm. that's a good uh, nugget. Um, are there any mistakes that you see trainees or young doctors make that you could bring our attention to? The biggest one is always, and that's just, you know, is, what what do you Alan say? Ninety uh, percent of being successful is showing up on time, right? So, um, the the biggest thing first is always to be, you know, should always try to be the first one there, the last one to leave, especially during training. I know it sounds like the dinosaur times, but that's there's reasons why that that stuff still is. Uh, and then and then don't rely on anybody. Um, trust no one and assume even less when it comes to your training. I'm not talking about you know life or just. When it comes to your training and your education, you know, you have to really be uh, you, you know, and you can't, you can't just say, ah, well, they'll get it or they'll figure it out. No, you, you need to figure it out. Not, not anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you have to show you're dedicated. You're the one there to learn. Right. Good stuff. Um, if you could have told your medical school self one thing, what do you think you would have told them? Don't let any like uh, like don't let any kind of preconceived notions about anything, including what your classmates say about stuff, because they don't know anything, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, don't don't be don't let any of those don't let any of that stuff influence you. See who could who are good role models, uh, physicians, and use them for people that you uh, use for your for decision making, not people that are in your class or that guards heard that that's this or that's that i think that's you get you get fall into that trap a lot of times and it's not correct most of the time mm-hmm. yeah so so focus on someone who's already achieved the goal you're interested in and listen to them not yeah appear yep. that doesn't know anything yeah and one and or just people that yeah or just exactly and they don't have to be even in the specialty just somebody you know is a good physician is somebody that you should be learning from or whatever not just listen to what oh i heard that this is better or that's better like that's is it really you know so um that kind of stuff you could really leave it leave it down a, a rabbit hole as they say of uh wasting time and energy mm-hmm. very good well i think that was all the questions that i had intended to ask you um is there anything else that you'd like to add before we finish no just if if you have, if this is your goal then you then you go after it right everything us as physicians we love goal goal seeking behaviors and this is one of the biggest goals so that's what we got to do absolutely i love it 
Dr. Minnie, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to me. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. All right. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the DIGA podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Please send us any questions or comments to dermeinterestpod at gmail.com. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.